We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chop going. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Kingdom. We are live from the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park, Kansas. The Chiefs defeat the San Francisco 49ers 44-23. to I'm BJ Kissel, joined by Kent Swanson live here in the bar. Tucker Franklin producing. Maddie Lane and Craig Stout will be joining us in just a little bit. We appreciate if you're watching on the Twitch. We appreciate if you're watching on Twitter, YouTube, or the 101 The Fox Facebook page. We appreciate everybody for spending part of their day with us, whether you're watching live or the podcast or video after the fact. We appreciate all of it, and we appreciate the way the Chiefs got it done today. Going to talk a little top highlights right now with my guy, Kent. They'll bring Maddie and Craig on here in just a little bit. But Kent put this tweet out on social media just a few minutes ago. 49ers defense came into this game ranked number one in the NFL in yards allowed per game, which is 255.8, and number two in the league in points per game allowed at just 14.8. And you look at the final numbers for the Chiefs. They finished with 529 yards of total (laughs) offense, 44 points, tying their season high. The Chiefs just seemed to figure it out against the best defenses in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, and it didn't look like it was going to be what we saw to start the game. You know, the first possession from Mahomes, the interception, he was dealing after that. The entire offense was, was moving with a lot of ease on a defense that was highly touted was as healthy as, you know, that was pretty healthy, too. I mean, last week, yep. kind of an aberration. This week, not. They were healthy. Joey Bosa was back, or Nick Bosa was back. Yep. And uh, this team put on a, an incredible performance right before the bye week. Yeah, and one of the things that we are going to talk about right now, and we'll, I'm sure Maddie and Craig will want to chip in on this as well, because it's been talked about a lot this year, but the Chiefs wide receivers yeah. outside of Travis Kelsey stepping up, obviously Nicole Hartman getting his three touchdowns, but a few of the biggest plays in this game when it was close and 
late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter. Those back-to-back drives by the Chiefs, it was Juju Smith-Schuster, and then obviously Marquez Valdez-Scantling with that third and 11, 57-yard reception, I think the longest reception of the Chiefs uh, offense so far this season. Big time for those guys to step up and make plays. Yeah, it's it, the, uh, the the receivers kind of seem to be getting a little bit more and more comfortable as, as, the, as the year's going on, and they – they were on the same page today. There's some stuff there I like that we'll talk about with Mahomes. I'm, I'm considering writing about it a little bit this week. Um, I think he gave structure a chance and gave those receivers a chance to make some plays today, and they did. I mean, that big play to Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Juju Smith-Schuster had several big plays today. What a fun – I mean, it's just a fun game. It's a fun offensive performance to see. It's pretty lit right now here at the Kingdom Bar. That's it really good, is. It's a pretty good time. Obviously, everybody loves a victory, especially going into a bye week. And, again, please give us your um, give us your grade for this performance. Obviously, going into the bye week, everybody's going to feel good about what we saw today from the Chiefs, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. And we talked about it during the halftime show, Kent. The Chiefs' offensive line doing a good job. Nick Bosa got his a few times. He beat Andrew Wiley a couple of times, but – one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. He's going to get his. But staying within the scope of what the offense needed Mahomes to do is exactly what we saw happen, and it started up front. you got to be thrilled with the offensive line and what they did today. And, yeah, Andrew Wiley had a few moments. I mean, he's you know he's going up against an elite pass rusher. So, you know, if that's, if that's the downside of what you're seeing on the offensive line, like, you live with that. That was a really, really strong performance from them. Gave Mahomes time. And I'm not trying to just completely go off on how great Mahomes was and continue yep. to bring it back to him. But the truth of the matter is, I think, you know, he, he showed a lot of trust in them. And he navigated that pocket extremely well and stuck in there a lot more today. It, it was it was, it was was just the, the, the rhythm of that offense was so good because of all those pieces kind of coming together. Offensive line, quarterback, receiver, tight end, running game a little bit. Really positive sign. Uh come in you know i guess a very good defense like this is a good yeah. defense still yeah mahomes finished 25 of 34 for 423 yards 12.4 yards per attempt wow. three touchdowns the one interception early they talk about it the chiefs get down 10 nothing and then outscoring 44 to 13 after i believe the first quarter at least the yeah. first couple of drives where Chiefs started off struggling you don't even think about that the way that this thing finished up. Now let's flip to the other side of the ball. Chiefs defense, five sacks on the day. Chris Jones leading the way with the two sacks. I know he had the strips, the strip sack towards the end of the game. Frank Clark chips in with a sack and a half and the safety as well. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and Steve Spagnuolo was, was dialing it up. He was trying to put a lot of pressure on Jimmy G throughout the day. Um, they were, they were going to try to make Jimmy G beat him. And, you know, when you get into a game script where that, you know, where you are, you know, putting them behind the sticks, they can't, run the ball and control the clock and kind of control the game and control and dictate how the game is played, you get a chance to pin your ears back a little bit. And I think the Chiefs defensive line did a pretty good job generating pressure on their own. And then Steve Spagnuolo doing a really good job heating up and challenging Jimmy G throughout the game. It's a play that worked and and the offense was just was you know was continuing to put pressure on them too. It was complimentary football today is really what it was. Yeah and before we're gonna bring Maddie and Craig on here in just one second, but the sequence of events and I'm whether you write about it, I'll write about it. Somebody's going to write about this because uh, we've got a couple weeks uh, of content here that we've got to stretch out yeah. uh, before the next game, I believe, against the Titans. But uh, the drive at the end of the third quarter, Chiefs up 21-16, game back and forth at that point. They had the third and one, short, third and one, Juju across the middle, the high throw, goes up, makes a fantastic catch, huge play. Then you had the Andrew Wiley penalty, which put them way back against the sticks. Third and 20, they throw a little screen to Jarek McKinnon, runs it down, which ended up being the play of the game in my opinion. And then Justin Watson beats man coverage on Jimmy Ward across the middle for the touchdown. That third and 20 play changed everything 
for me in this game. I think it was, if you had to pick one play that was the biggest play of the game, that's it for me. The game script definitely changed a lot after that. The game period just kind of, I mean, that was that was kind of the backbreaker. That's probably a really good kind of game-changing moment. And play call was great. There's not a there's not a ton of great third and 20 calls against a great pass rush like that. So you yeah. played the aggressiveness a little bit. And I'm not trying to just go in on Mahomes and how great he was. But that's okay. another play that I was very impressed with by him too because, you know, in a lot of screen kind of concepts, it's trying to get the ball over the top of, yeah. a, of a defensive lineman. You know, you're trying to play with a higher elbow a lot of times. This was actually a little bit more creative. He kind of went to the side of the pass rusher and kind of threw a bullet and got the ball on him quick instead of, you know, your traditional kind of mechanics on, on screen games. So even just that little adjustment helps set Jarek McKinnon up. That's the one guy I would want on that play, on that particular screenplay, yep. is Jarek McKinnon, a guy that can create blocking down the field was great. Execution, again, outside of that first, first possession, yep. the execution across the board was outstanding for this team. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about one of our sponsors here, and that is Liquid Death. Look, you might be in a meeting you might be at work, you might be sitting at your desk, and you might see one of your coworkers start to crack open a 9 a.m., crack open a tall boy. You're thinking, what in the world is going on here? I love company culture, but I don't know if that's really a part of it. But then you look over, you start to look a little bit more closely. It's wide. It's got a gold little rim. That's not, that's not beer. It's actually a new mountain spring water brand called Liquid Death. And if you guys have been listening to KC Sports Network, you know why is it called Liquid Death? Because it brutally murders your thirst. That is right. It will quench that sucker. And not only is it brutally murdering your thirst, it is brutally murdering plastic pollution. They're infinitely recyclable tall boy aluminum cans. Uh, they're incredible. They recycle them and they, they can use those over and over. Unlike plastic bottles where there's plastic pollution uh, everywhere. I hate plastic pollution. You hate plastic pollution. It is, it is our common enemy here in Chiefs Kingdom uh, is plastic pollution and the bills. So when you're looking at this, they also donate 10% of their profits of every can sold to, to help end plastic pollution. So not only are you drinking good water, you're also giving a little bit to a good cause as well. And listen, I love Liquid Death. Can't keep it in the house no matter what kind it is. If it's the still water, if it's the sparkling water, or the three flavors that they have, the berry, the mango, the lime, all three are excellent. Trust me, I know my sparkling water. I know my seltzers. They're incredible. I do love those so very much. And if you're looking to get your hands on some, you can find it at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. You can also find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Now let's get back to the show. I can't wait to see the breakdowns on this one. We'll have time to break it down over the next week or so, uh, seeing what the 49ers did, because they sent some extra pressure. You don't see it a lot with teams going up against Mahomes. You haven't seen it over the time. You blitz them. The numbers are out there, but uh, crazy performance from the offense. And right now we're going to bring Maddie on. As we bring Maddie and Craig on, I want to bring this stat up. Uh, ran these numbers. I'm sure somebody's going to let me know if it's incorrect. Uh, but against the number one defenses in the NFL when the Chiefs have played them against the Bucks, the Bills, and the 49ers, the Chiefs are averaging 33 points per game and 440 yard, 444 yards of total offense against the number one defenses in the NFL. Craig, you're up there shaking your head as we bring on Craig Stout and Matty Lane. Unbelievable performance from the Chiefs offense. Let's start there, Craig. Unbelievable. Where is this all the time? That's what I want to know because it, this is phenomenal. I, I I remarked about midway through the game that the 
the Chiefs offense just was dialed in. The play calling was good. Everybody was executing at a high level. The offensive line was playing well. Like These are the sorts of things that we haven't seen come together very often so far this season. And when they do come together, it seems to be against the number one team in the league, whatever defense that is. And then the Chiefs destroy them, and they drop down the rankings because of it. Hey, Maddie Lane, what you doing? How you feeling about this game today? He's muted. You're muted, Maddie. You're muted. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in all sorts of wonky over here. I got highlight sound from ESPN playing in my ears while Craig's <laughs> tell, talking all about how great this offense was. And, you know, we're, we're just kind of flying high right now, I think, as Chiefs fans. I, I think the biggest thing for me, just generally, this is a tight game back and forth that the Chiefs this year and the past couple years have really struggled to close out. This is the kind of game that they let linger deep into the fourth quarter and they end up stalling out on offense and putting all the pressure on the defense and making everything, you know, funnel that way. And I don't know if they necessarily went against the grain there or if guys just executed and made big plays when they had to, but it was great to see them close it out, whether that was a change in mindset, whether that was coaching, whatever it may be. It was really nice to see there down, you know, down the stretch, them keep pressing and trying to make sure they put the game away and not let it come down to a close one. Hey, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, leave some comments if you are watching this. Uh, it helps us grow this channel, helps more Chiefs fans find us celebrating the Chiefs, a demolishing the San Francisco 49ers, uh, a double digit win, just like it was in the Super Bowl the last time that these two teams played. Um, okay, so Maddie, I'm going to come back to you real quick. I guess we could talk sure. to Craig about this too, but Maddie, I one of the things I think we kind of talked about when we were doing shows this week, and we talked about, hey, okay, so we're, we, the Chiefs might see a little bit more three-man pass rush with the spy, and first possession of the game, we saw that. But one of the things that I I noticed about Mahomes today, he seemed extremely ten- intentional about operating with from the pocket today more than he has the entirety of the season. And I think that, you know, we talked about that as a potential solution to, hey, if you're going to see these three-man pass rushes, you're going to see these spies. You might need to try to hang into the pocket a little bit longer than you than you have. He did today, and he was – I'm I, one of the things I think I'm going to talk about this week is him from the pocket because he was dicing the Niners up from the pocket. You saw the wide receivers getting involved in a little bit different way, a little bit more explosive plays down the field. I think they were all as a result of him operating from the pocket, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they were as well. And I'm curious, do we think, and you know, this is a rhetorical question, but like, I just wonder if it's because the 49ers defense is so athletic and so good that it doesn't really do you a lot of good to scramble, try to force tight window passes across your body, across Fred Warner. We already we saw him almost come down with that one, one-handed interception in the red zone. Like, So was this an adjustment because of their back-end personnel? Or did they finally just go like, hey, if you're only going to rush three and have one guy stand there and watch me, Maybe I just simply don't move. And I do. The offensive line was great. I thought the guards giving help to the tackles when the defensive ends were trying to crash inside, when they were trying to get that inside pressure that forces Mahomes to get out and run and makes that spy come into play, the guards had their head on a swivel and were doing a fantastic job helping out. So I think the game plan in general was just perfect for this matchup. And I think this is going to give pause to a lot of teams that are going to say, oh, the Chiefs don't know how to defend this. Guess what? Like they kind of figured out how to defend this just – in terms of protection right off the get-go. And on top of that, like the, like Maddie's saying, the athleticism that's in the secondary there, and obviously Hufanga went out early. That's a major blow to that defense. But you got Fred Warner lurking in the middle of the field. And we, we have seen as Chiefs fans what Fred Warner can do to Patrick Mahomes when he's trying to 
create, throw across his body, create space, throw to the middle of the field. They were able to capitalize on that. Hufanga was early there. It was nice to see that adjustment made, and it was nice to see him trust that the pocket was going to hold up all game long. I think we've seen times, you know, in Patrick Mahomes' career, and even this year, where he just doesn't give a whole lot of trust to that bailing out of some clean pockets, not really, you know, really feeling super comfortable back there. He was so comfortable. I, you would almost forget, other than that one sack, that Nick Bosa was playing in this game because he was largely neutralized, as neutralized as you're going to get for a Nick Bosa. And he's obviously hurt a little bit, but this defensive line is very, very good for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. And the Chiefs really did a great job of shutting them down all day, offering chip help when they needed to, leaving that one extra guy in there, and trusting that Mahomes is going to stay in the pocket that the receivers were going to get open, and they finally did against mm. some man coverage, and they were able to really slice and dice up this 49ers defense. All right, so what was the most encouraging sign for the offense today for you guys? Like, what was the thing that just, like, gave you the most excitement, hope that you saw today? I'll, we'll start with you, Maddie. I mean, we kind of touched on both of it. I think figuring out how to protect against that particular style of pass rush, and I'm glad Craig brought up the other half of it, is throwing on time. Playing, you know, learning how to beat man coverage by throwing these back shoulder throws on time, by working in the slants. Like they all of a sudden started incorporating all the stuff that is beating the things that had been slowing them down. Yeah, MVS and Juju weren't always wide open, but if you just put the ball away from where the defender's leveraging them, guess what? It's kind of easier for the big guy to make a catch, right? So seeing them do that, seeing them come out with a pass protection plan to beat the three man plus a spy pass rush. I thought all of that was great. And then even getting McColl looking healthier, but on all the jet motion, getting him, I mean, that's kind of disappeared a little bit, not entirely, but a little bit from their game script. So all of a sudden they brought back everything that you would have put down as things they need to do to beat man coverage defense, to beat this three man passers. And they did it all in one game. Like that's it's everything is essentially my answer here, but I mean, they just did it all together. Yeah, that was going to be mine as well. I mean, it is. It's everything, and it's the usage of everybody that was most impressive. We finally saw MVS get loose downfield. Yep. I mean, Patrick yep. Mahomes puts that bout ball just a little bit out in front of him. That's six. MVS torched Charvarius Ward, and he did it again on another play. It wasn't just one. He did it multiple times this game. That's going to give defenses something to think about coming off of the Chiefs' bye Juju was phenomenal underneath. Travis was everything that we've seen Travis be this season. Pacheco was running hard, running through the tackles. The usage was great. And then to bring back the McColl plays, bring back some of that stuff, getting the ball in his hands, getting him to stretch a little bit horizontally. We just talked about the athletes that the Niners have on the field. It's still hard for a linebacker to be able to run with a guy as fast as McCole Hardman, and they were able to get those looks, get those matchups. It's part of the reason why he had three touchdowns, because they got advantageous stuff, and they knew how to use these guys in those moments. It just felt like they finally took all of the elements and put them right in the right spots and used them appropriately. And then on top of that, everybody played awesome when they were in those moments. Uh, so going back to the, one of the McColl runs, you see how difficult some of those jets can be. The slow motion look for from Nick Bosa, just he mm -hmm. had no clue. That's one of the best defensive ends in football, and he's just out leveraged immediately with the speed to the edge. It was a great play, Maddie. You looked hey, champing. Oh, yeah. Tony Romo better watch out. Greg Olson's coming for him. Greg Olson <laughs> had some some great oh, insights did. coming out there, and like he, highlighting Noah Gray and not for even a block. 
on that play, but the way he sets his feet and he, how he takes his first drop step with that left foot to make it look like he's coming for Bosa on a down block, that got Bosa's eyes over on him instead of the ball, and that's why he never saw the handoff. Like, he was in a decent position. He just never saw the ball because he had to go take a peek at, at Noah Gray. So just... Greg Olson, big shout out. To He's, he is nipping on Tony Romo's heels for the guy providing just the most insight, I think, to the game right now. <laughs> I think you, know, you know what's oh. the best way to slow down an elite defensive end? Put a whole lot on his plate to defend all game long. And Andy, Andy really did that. Gave him so many looks to try his and look out for. And man, yeah, it's hard to pin your ears back when you're not sure where your ears are supposed to be pointed. One of the other things Greg Olson talked about, the um, the – setting up the third and 20 screenplay to Jarek McKinnon with the chip for the entirety of the game. That's true, too. Um, okay, let's let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. Um, I don't know. It, Fair, I guess. We have to. We, we got enough on the offense. <laughs> hey, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and tell every and make sure you tell Craig he, he's great. That always is nice. Leave that in don't the comments. Um, okay, so first half, like, over, let's just talk. I want to know your like thoughts on the first half. Just like how how you saw that going, frustrations, you know what 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 you saw in that first half because it didn't look like the Chiefs had a ton of answers early. Oh, have at it, Craig. Have at okay. it. Okay. Um, uh, the Chiefs are still terrible when they're in their base defense and defending <laughs> heavy, especially when it's against the eye formation. The Chiefs on the day for the entire game gave up. 7.8 yards per play out of the base defense. That's that's outrageous. You shouldn't ever see that. And what's worse, 7.3 yards per play against the run out of their base defense. That's obscene. That You're putting those guys on the field because that's your run-stuffing lineup. That's what you want to line up. You want to be able to defend that guy. Yes, Kyle Shanahan has some really sexy run packages, and he's able to try and put guys in wrong positions and everything like that. You're going to get caught out every once in a while. And sure, they weren't expecting Christian McCaffrey to be playing as much as he was. I, I, I can imagine how difficult that is to try and defend. But on top of that, you got to be able to fill gaps. you got to be able to take guys down, make tackles, and they were not winning up front with the defensive line in the first half, and they were not playing well with the linebackers in the first half. It was brutal to try and watch those guys fit the run out of the base defense this week. All right, that's well, enough of that, Craig. Can we talk Can we talk about Frank Clark now? Can we talk about <laughs> Frank Clark right now? Frank Let's Clark, do it. Let's go. Safety, are you kidding me? Let's Frank was Frank awesome. Clark. Listen, I, I'll tell you what. Everybody wants to go the Chiefs to go out and trade for a defensive end. I'm, I'm fine with it. Don't don't get me wrong. Frank Clark has been heating up over the past four weeks in a big, <laughs> big, bad way, and not just in the me sitting there watching the game and being like, "Hey, Frank had a pretty good game." A box score may not show it. Frank had a pretty good game. The box score is showing it. He has been outrageously good. Him beating Trent Williams with speed around the edge. For a safety, I mean, come on, man. Like, that was a thing of beauty. That's a high-quality sack. He is really heating up. It is great to see because Chris Jones has been playing awesome all year long. You get another piece that can win that quickly and that soundly against a top-one NFL left tackle. Man, you got to love that. Yeah, so Frank Clark has been great. I think the you know we're used to as fans kind of maybe not being necessarily down on Frank Clark, but he hasn't lived up to the contract, so we don't want to talk about when he's good or when he's not. The past month, I mean, he's been 
fine to good, good. And this second half of this game, he was phenomenal. If you could tell me that you were going to get that Frank Clark every game for the rest of the year, be like, oh, okay, you probably don't need to trade for another defensive lineman anytime, you know, at the trade deadline here because you got this guy who's good enough. It's the consistency, I think, that is the issue, though, because in the first half, the the 49ers were running the ball, as Craig pointed out. It's harder to pin your ears back. But Frank Clark, Chris Jones, you maybe can pick out one or two good plays from that first half, and they just weren't there, and the defense was struggling. Second half, the game script gets a little easier for them, but all of a sudden they're making all these plays. It's just a lack of consistency. So I think if you could get another rusher that you could trust playing and play out to play across from him when he's not there, I'm still all about the move, but – Frank's been great. He still defends the run well. He, I like that his snap overall, his snap count seems to be going down. He's not being asked to play as much, and it seems mm. to be helping the efficiency. He seems Dumb to be playing stronger late into games. It's like, hey, I'm all about this Frank Clark. I hope that he can keep playing like this the rest of the year. It's just we've already seen one game so far that he had to leave in the middle of because he was because he was ill. And like you just never know when that's going to come up again. And if you lose that level of Frank Clark and then it's just Chris Jones – I mean, it's already rough sometimes, but if it, you lose this Frank Clark and then it's just Chris Jones, Oof. I don't know how confident I feel about that going into the playoffs anyway. I have breaking news, guys. Um, Willie Gay huh. is carrying a boombox around the locker room in celebration right now. Um, <laughs> the least surprising player to do that, I think. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like a really lit neon, like literally lit. It's like neon, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, I want to have something. You got something, Tuck? All right, let's go to Tucker. He's got some... News for us. Tuck I've, Cam, got a, Tuck Cam. I've got a well Tuck Cam's not up right now. Uh, <laughs> I've got a I've got a good staff from our friends James Palmer. Uh, Patrick Mahomes versus the number one defense in the NFL. You guys seen this? You guys heard this? Well, James needs to make up for his tweet this morning, so let's hear it. That's true. <laughs> 25 for 34, 423 yards, three touchdowns, interception, and an 132.4 rating. Uh pretty good. How was he in the fourth quarter? Oh wait, he wasn't having to play much in the fourth quarter. Weird. Love to see it. Before we go, before we move forward, boys, let's do a little holiday distillery toast game, post game toast. This time we're going to do it a little different. We're all going to go in a little semicircle here and we're all going to give our own MVPs of the game. Tucker, you can even get involved in this. We don't have a tuck cam, but we're going to get a drink over there. All right, I'm going to go with. I'm gonna go with Frank Clark. We just got done talking wow. about it. Hey, listen, real bird expert, real bird lawyer, whatever his name is. On <laughs> he got a great tweet just a minute ago. Just said, you know, I never saw uh, Lawrence Taylor or Derek Thomas beat Trent Williams for a sack. True. <laughs> facts. Facts. I mean, that's factual. Big facts. So Frank Clark, just a closer against the San Francisco 49ers. We've seen it before for anybody watching on YouTube. But uh, I'm raising my glass, old Frank. Uh, getting it done in the biggest of moment today. Love Kent, it. What do you got? Uh, give me Joshua Williams for a clutch goal line interception mm-hmm. after Sky Moore fumbles the uh, punt or late in the uh, first half. And I look, I can't wait to find out what game Trent McDuffie has his goal line interception because that's all Chiefs rookies do <laughs> is just pick off balls at the goal line. I think I heard a stat from our uh, from Tucker earlier today. The only two interceptions the Chiefs have yeah. are mm-hmm. goal line interceptions by rookie Back. cornerbacks. By day also, three rookie cornerbacks. Day, I was going to say day three rookies, too. Thornhill so. got one at the end. Oh, that, that's true. true. Yeah, he did. Another one Joshua up. Williams also broke up three other passes in the game, too. Joshua Williams, because he's I, like, I know, like, he kind of got posterized yesterday or last week, but like, I don't think and he's been playing. He hasn't been playing that bad, though, I don't think. I'm here for Spag just great. sending the house cover zero in the red zone all the time. So, like, I'm just here for this. So, Joshua right Williams now. is my uh, is my toast <laughs> game. Uh, Maddie, toast game, your turn. 
Oh, I was going to go with Josh Williams, so now I'm kind of caught out. We're just going to go. Good, we're going Matthew. Back to, we're going back to Greg Olson. I'm just bringing it right back. <laughs> Toast to Greg Olson for being the best color guy on TV right now, and I am glad he has the Super Bowl this year when the Chiefs go win it. Mm, love it. Really, I, it, it is unbelievable to me that me, the defensive guy, gets all the way to the end here, and no offensive players have been taken in this. I was going to take Legarius Sneed for a phenomenal game, but, man, McCole Hardman. Just uh, three tutties. I mean, yeah, man. You, you, toast to you, buddy. You killed it today, Tucker. I've got one. I'd like to give a cheers out to all the tight ends out there for National Tight Ends Day. Fun fact: Travis Kelsey, George Kittle ended with the same stat line: six receptions, <laughs> ninety-eight yards on the day today. How bizarre is that? Is that, is that why they gave Kelsey the shovel pass? Yeah. No, they the gave him the, the shovel game. pass, and they actually targeted him on first down too. They they put him in the game there. Were they, they trying, trying to, to get him <laughs> the two that? yards uh-huh. so that he could tie Gronk for the most hundred yard games on in National Tight End Day? I can't. Oh, yep. and then he dropped it. I can't get through this toast game without shouting out MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster. These guys had 10 <laughs> catches for 235 yards and a tutty between the two. So we're just going to toast game everybody. Uh, and Jody Fortson our... blocking on all those Hardman touchdowns. Hey, Jody Fortson mm. caught a pass not inside the red zone. So shout out to Jody Fortson I, as well. I would like to jump in. <laughs> And give a toast game to Patrick LeVon Mahomes, the best quarterback in the world. Go figure. <laughs> sure, we can figure Go out some more figure. if we sit here long enough, but we appreciate our friends up at Holiday Distillery in the new Ben Holiday Bottle and Bonded Bourbon. If you're hanging out can't see City, you got a bye week, you got an extra Friday, Saturday, you want to find something fun to do, go up to the distillery, take a tour, hang out. It's a great place. You got live music all the time. It's a great place to hang out. Been up there several times and we'll continue to go up there, especially as we have this beautiful bonfire-type weather right now in Kansas City. It's been beautiful here over the last couple weeks. But, guys, let's talk a little bit about moving forward. Chiefs' next couple of games, they got, uh, I believe, the Titans up next. got some winnable games compared to the schedule they just had. Great going into a bye week to see this kind of performance. Uh, Maddie, let's start with you. What? How can they build upon what we saw today moving forward and going up against the Titans? I guess I'm going to, I'm going to go step on uh, Craig's toes here and talk about the defense. I think the Titans are a team that will happily go heavy and run the ball down your throat. Now they don't, I don't know how much they're using a fullback yet this year. And Derek Henry actually runs a little bit better when it's spread out rather than everybody's in tight, but this is a team that will challenge your physicality and they're adding Traylon Burks. Like they're a team that will challenge you physically. So I'm interested to see what kind of answers the chiefs have in their base defense, because we're still seeing team after team kind of having success against them attacking that. And then offensively, I don't even care if they shelve this offense for another couple weeks again until they need it. Like at this point in time, we've seen it twice. We've seen it two times. It matters. Yeah, it would have been fun to see it against the Bills, but we've seen it twice when it matters against two teams that they have no chance to play again until the Super Bowl. Maybe this is what the offense is capable of, and they just didn't want to give it all to Buffalo in this random game in the middle of October because the offense looked entirely different from Tampa Bay to Buffalo and then now this game. So I like seeing it. I'm okay if we don't see that again going forward for a little bit. Well, I'm going to I'm going to jump over to special teams. Ooh. Guys, we got some stuff to clean up. I'm sorry. My yeah. goodness. Cover coverages. Fake. Coverage teams were good today. Marcus Kemp made a hell of a play. Brian Cook did as well. Like there were good plays to be made on the coverage teams. Harrison Butker, man. You got to hit. Like the the big bombs are awesome and they're nice, but man, you got to hit these chip shots. You just have to hit these chip shots. And then Sky Moore fumbling a second punt. Like Buddy, you you got to be able to haul these in. You are third punt, third punt. Thank you, Maddie. They 
they're just not <coughs> good enough right now. And there was a point in the early parts of this game where I think all of us were sitting around going, oh, hell, here come the Colts game again. Like yeah. you, you're looking at the teams and going, man, this feels like the Colts because special teams might end up doing this. Defense steps up big. We know the offense and defense. We've seen it enough this year can play good situational football and the offense can certainly play good all the time football special teams is the only thing that you can look at there and say hey man it's been shaky so far this season you need to have a better performance obviously isaiah pacheco's long return is something worth noting but still more bad than good this week out of special teams they got to get that cleaned up over the bye yeah i think you guys hit the two things i'm paying the most attention to obviously like offensive consistency is still going to be something like you don't want to put too much pressure on either of these other units. And I know like, Hey, the chiefs kind of flexed their muscles a little bit today. And they've had some moments where they've kind of showed, Hey, like we're, we're the best offense in football. And I mean, like they're still leading. They're still like the number one offense. I, I believe you said in the, in the NFL. So it's kind of weird to talk about all this, but you know, you just want to see, you know, the offense kind of lead from the front. I think you, that's, that's the formula for success for this football. The vast majority and obviously, you don't want to show too much, but I still think this offense from an execution standpoint, just continue to lead from the front so you put less pressure on both of those units to kind of just help them continue to build towards the ultimate goal of, of peaking in January. All right, picture this. Harrison Bucker lining up for an onside kick. Chiefs just down two points. They need the onside kick, get the ball back, can drive down, get in field goal range. Harrison Bucker can hit another field goal, win the game with just seconds left. The chances of regaining possession, you guys know, nobody gets an onside kick in the NFL. The chances are slim. The stakes are high. The tension's higher. Your pulse is racing. Heart's beating out of your chest. He kicks the ball. You get that feeling. You get that, you get that nervous feeling, and you get to watch the ball land. And you can make every play feel that exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Man, I'm telling you, they do have some unbeatable offers. Right now, here's what you can do. New customers can make any $5 bet and get $200 in free bets if their team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with Draft DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. I am really enjoying the steps up same game parlays when I parlay some uh, yardage props, you know, whether it's the receiving yardage, whether it's the passing yardage with Patrick Mahomes. I've been dabbling in the head-to-head -head passing yardage uh, categories. Usually you take Patrick Mahomes against anybody, he's going to beat him. So I've really enjoyed doing those props that DraftKings has, and they've got some really fun ones that you can kind of piece together for these same game parlays with total points, touchdown scores, all kinds of stuff that you can put together to make the, watching the game just a little bit more fun and to make things even sweeter. You can throw down on these stepped up same game parlays once per game day, all season long. Here's what you got to do. You got to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins, all you got to do is place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code KCSN. Remember that code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now let's get back to today's show. I uh, I did have one more question for you guys, just real quick before Bring it. The, you know, because I, I we started with talking about the first half of the defense, you know, with the defense, but like the second half was markedly improved. 
I think there was a lot of really positive signs and things that you, the momentum you take away, you know, heading into the, you know, heading into the bye week. Some success with the four man rush, better in coverage, a little bit better against the run. But was it, you know, how much of it was the game script, though? I guess, like, do you guys think it was the game script? Do you just think, you know, this this offense is showing signs of, of growth and development, a little bit of both? What do you think, Craig? I mean, uh, the defense, uh, there's still some worrying moments. Uh, Chiefs got themselves into a couple first and 20s a couple of times and allowed the 49ers to dig themselves back out. Now, one of them was a BS you know, pass interference call on Legereus Sneed on a ball that he played just excellently. But that was still go- a second and seven after the, the opposition was in a first and 20. That's happened a little too often where the Chiefs are playing with fire on some of these really longs, you know, and longs, allowing teams to get back ahead of the sticks. That was a little bit worrisome, but that was really the only thing in the second half outside of maybe some of the run stuff. But at that point, Chiefs are up big. Steve Spagnuolo is more than willing to give up the run and just let the clock tick down. We've seen it over the years. It hasn't really bit him in the ass too many times in the past four years. But allowing teams to claw out from that big yardage deficit is the kind of thing that I'm looking at a little bit with the second half defense. Yeah, they clearly played better, right? But the the 49ers came out and they had a field goal drive right after the Chiefs scored, and then they followed that up with a touchdown drive, and that's where the game was, you know, looking like we didn't know where it was going to go from there. Obviously, the safety followed, and then there was a fumble. Like, and things went well from there, but it's not like the defense came out and completely shut down the 49ers' offense in the second half. I do think the 49ers' offensive line is not particularly good. They had a couple injuries. Guys were being worked around. Steve Spagnuolo probably identified that. Hey, let's bring a few more blitzes. And it seemed like as they started to mix in the blitzes, mix up their fronts a little bit, because the Niners were trying having to throw the ball a little bit more, they rattled Jimmy. And as soon as Jimmy G gets rattled once, the rest of the game does kind of go off the rockers for him. I mean, that's just kind of the MO on him as a quarterback. So I think they did get some early pressure there in the second half. The game script changed a little bit. They started to look better, and everything was trending uphill from there. There's things to be happy about. But like Craig said, I don't know if it's entirely fixed. I think a more, not even necessarily better, but a quarterback that can better collect himself, I think this might present a little bit more challenges in the second half, even at the level they were playing. I think Tucker's got something for us. I've got a few things for you guys. Uh, first off, Andy Reid says he doesn't have any injuries to report. Always a good thing to hear. Great. I uh, did talk about some injuries that they have uh, with, with Mike Dana, Trent McDuffie, and Fitton. Uh, they, they have a chance to officially get back following the bye week. So uh, Reid is confident they'll be back after the bye week. Also said he's not worried about Sky Moore as a punt returner. Said he'll learn. He said he's not worried about it. Um, another really good quote I think BJ is going to love from, from Andy Reid here. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. Andy Reid on Frank Clark. He'll go down as one of the greatest defensive linemen to ever play the game. Tremendous respect for him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I love it, but it still Andy. made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> it still made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Fair. But well, I'm that or up... the Sky Moore putt return one? I mean, which this, one this makes that... you feel? <laughs> Here's one thing that everybody's going to love as we wrap up this show. And I'll Tucker's been trying to get this up on the screen as fast as he can. I don't know if he's going to do it, but I'm going to read this stat from NFL Research. It said, below is a list of players with the most career games of 400 or more passing yards and three passing touchdowns since 1950. The most. There we go. The most. Drew Brees with 12. Then Peyton Manning with 11. Dan Marino with 11. Tom Brady with 10. Patrick Mahomes with 8. The first four each played in 242 or more career games. Mahomes has played in 70. 
there's like an 11% chance of him doing that in a game he, you're watching. Like, that's what that is. <laughs> that's insane. 400 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns. We Goodness. talked about not normalizing greatness, and we joke about almost not making him the MVP of a game after throwing 400, t- 400 yards and three, <laughs> three touchdowns <laughs> against the league's number one defense, and he wasn't a top five MVP for us because we have already normalized the greatness. But let's get final thoughts and give us your final thoughts as you're watching along. We appreciate, again, you spending part of your day with us. Hit that like and subscribe button. If you're following on podcast, please go ahead and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. But, uh, Kent, let's go with you. Final takeaways as we head into the bye week. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, you you really like what you saw the Chiefs' young corners. I think getting Trent McDuffie back, it's a positive sign. I think the Chiefs' draft, I think the Chiefs draft classes look pretty good so far. I'm pretty confident and excited about what they've done to this point. And now you get the bye week. You get to maybe potentially integrate some of these guys a little bit more. This, the Chiefs have shown a propensity to be willing to do that. Curious to see who sticks, who doesn't. You know, what are they willing to do with Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson when Trent McDuffie gets back? I'm kind of excited to see... You know, these guys continue to build and develop. Isaiah Pacheco getting the start today, <laughs> leading the team in carries and, and uh, yards. So, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm excited about the rookie class. It like, They haven't disappointed me to this point, and there's a lot more time. Craig? Well, um, the Kansas City Chiefs are leading the AFC West right now. Chargers Woo! lost today. Broncos lost today. Raiders won, but they're in the basement of the AFC West. That doesn't count. It doesn't matter. That doesn't count. They're done. Going into the bye week, I think if you would have told us all at the beginning of the year, this team is going to be five and two at the bye week, we all would have taken it. Every one of us would have taken it, especially if you told me, hey, that game before the bye, that's the best that this team has looked on both sides of the ball all year long. Like, the the arrow is pointing up to use an Andy Reid ism. You feel good going into the bye. You feel good about the performance going into the bye, and you're only going to get better because we've seen what Andy and Spags have done as you've gone into November, December, whatever the case may be. So it's good to be out of this early stretch. A little easier games coming up. Just take care of business, and uh, you're home free in the playoffs. Uh, you guys talked about him a little bit earlier, but um, Juju Smith-Schuster shouldn't get back on the plane without a long-term contract from uh, Kansas City. <laughs> you know, just ready to fire at him. Like I, I think it. You know, it's just something that should be done real quick because he's never, he's not always going to be the flashiest guy, but he does so much little stuff. Whether it's falling forward for a couple extra yards, finding the open spot in the zone, blocking really well, he does not have to leave the field when they want to run the ball. Like he kind of does all the stuff that gets underappreciated. And then now these past couple of weeks, you can certainly see him starting to catch on, get some dynamic plays in there. Like, I think that she should really go out of their way to make sure he's here long term. And I don't want to short change, you know, MVS in this. He had a great game as well. I, he's already under contract a little bit longer. I just think what Juju's doing right now for this team will be very important going forward. I think he's the type of receiver that is young enough that you should be trying to figure out how to lock up as long as you can. All right, Tucker. Yeah, I like to piggyback off of Maddie's point there, actually, talking about the wide receivers. Wide receivers have had a good day. According to NFL research, Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scanling each had 100-plus receiving yards in Week 7. This is the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era that the Chiefs had two players with 100-plus receiving yards, and neither of them were Travis, Kelsey, or he who shall not be named. <laughs> Tony Gonzalez? No, I'm just, sorry. <laughs> All right, well, we appreciate everybody for tuning in as the Chiefs head into the bye week with a 5-2 and two record, leading the AFC West. Next time you see the Chiefs on the field, it will be Sunday night football primetime 
at Arrowhead Stadium against the Tennessee Titans. And then they've got the Jags, and they're at the Chargers, which is going to be a big game as it plays out for the AFC West. But we appreciate everybody for spending part of your night with us or part of your day if you're watching after the fact. For BJ Kissel, Kent Swanson, Tucker Franklin producing, Maddie and Craig, we appreciate all of you. Go celebrate this one. We'll have plenty more content at KC Sports Network throughout the week breaking this one down and saying all the things that went right and what uh, we might need to clean up uh, to not get down 10 nothing before just curb stomping <laughs> everybody moving after that. So we appreciate everybody for spending part of that night with us, just like we talked about. Until then, we'll see you next time. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.